You're listening to another hope-filled podcast from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifenz.org. Hey, stay standing if you've been married over 10 years. Everyone else sit down. Over 10 years. (laughs) Very cool. Over 15 years. Over 20 years? It's like a mass exodus right there. Can we give these people a huge hand? Over 20. Stay standing, stay standing. You know where we're going, and we're going to go all the way there. 25 years? Kathy, you don't look old enough to be married 25 years. Bryce, on the other hand, anyway, tw- uh, <laughs> 30 years? Would you marry your daughter, mate? Thir- Can we give these people a huge, huge hand? <laughs> 33 years? I'm going down small increments here. 35 years? 35 years. Can we give these people a huge... (laughs) 38 years? 39? Thirty-nine years, nearly four decades. Can we give these people a huge? Everyone that's standing right now, look at me. Thank you. Thank you. Because what our generation needs is not more motivational speaking. Is people who have lived it and modelled longevity in a generation that can't stick with anything for more than five minutes. Thank you. For modeling, stay standing. 40 years? Yeah, there you go. Good job. <laughs> Last one was 39. Next one's 40. 42 years? How long have you been married for? 42 and a half years. Can we give them a huge, huge hand? 42 and a half. How long? How long have you been married for? 51. Come on. (laughs) 42 years right here. Thank you so much. How long have you been married for? Yeah. 55 and a half years. And how long have you guys been married for? 45. Thank you so much. 55 and a half years, the longest married. Can we give these guys a huge 55? Can I ask where you guys live? Where do you live? Oriwa. Johnny and Bex are going to make sure that we send you out for dinner wherever you would like in the next 12 months. 55 years. Thank you. Can we give them a huge, huge 
thank you so much. 55. One secret to 55 years. One secret to 55 years. What would you say? Don't have a lot of secrets. There's a secret right there. That's awesome. Thank you. 55 and a half years. Give these guys one more huge. That is awesome. You know, uh, I, I love to do things like that and honor people who have shown longevity because it, it's one thing to talk about something. It's another thing to live it out. It's another thing to make the decision day in and day out. You know, Amanda and I just took this trip and the way it came about is a young guy who I'd been investing into um, just at a relational level for years had moved to America and he decided to get married over there, met up with an American girl and got married over there and called me and said, hey, would you come over and do my wedding? I'd love to fly you and Amanda over. And come to think of it, I did all the work and she got to come on a free trip. So I could have made a sing or do something there, right? So we go over there and do this wedding and, and we're at this wedding and last night we were uh, at home with Amanda's parents who flew up to watch the kids while we were gone and we were going through the photos. Uh, and have you ever gone through photos of something and you found yourself making Comments like, well, you really had to be there to understand. Like, photo doesn't really do it. Because we got the chance to go to the Grand Canyon. One of the things on our bucket list was to go to the Grand Canyon. So we went into the Grand Canyon and we had uh, lunch down in the Grand Canyon. In fact, I think we've got a few photos of uh, what, what we did. So this is, this is where we're sitting at lunch looking down the Grand Canyon right there. And then there's another shot of uh, that's kind of closer up looking down the Grand Canyon, they, these are massive. So to give you an idea, that rock wall, anyway, from the water up is about 300 feet to the top of the rock wall. So that's another, I think we've got one more photo there, maybe one more. Yeah, right there. So I'm going through these photos last night with Amanda's parents, saying things like, look, you really had to be there. I know you think it looks grand, but to actually be there is something completely Different, and, and I don't know about you, but sometimes it's really hard to understand something unless you were there in person. Like you, to get the full perspective of what actually went down, it's really hard to get that unless you were there in person, unless you could see it yourself. And you know what? That's exactly why God sent Jesus. Because Jesus is the visible image of an invisible God. And the more we get to know Jesus, the more we get a understanding and appreciation of who God is. You want to get to know who God is, get to know who Jesus is. You want to get to know God's character, get to know Jesus because he is the visible image of an invisible God. In fact, Colossians 1 says this, the sun is the, invis the, sun is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn over all creation, for in him all things were created, things in heaven and in earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, in him all things hold together, and he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have supremacy. For God was pleased to have his fullness dwell in him. The fullness of God dwells in the person of Jesus. And through him to reconcile himself to all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven by making peace through what Jesus did on the cross. Have you ever stopped and thought about the cost that Jesus had to count to become a human being? The Bible says that 
in him all things were made, through him all things were made, and for him all things were made. Have you ever seen the movie Aladdin? Who's seen the movie Aladdin? The Aladdin talks about the conundrum of what it means to be a genie. He said, you've got all of the cosmic powers of the universe, but an itty-bitty living space. Because they live in a bottle. Work with me, people. It's a long weekend. Work with me. Very different, but Jesus is kind of, he has all the powers of heaven, but retains himself and comes as a, in the human form. Why would God become human? Why would Jesus choose to take on the form of humanity? The answer is found in John answer is found in John chapter 1. John chapter 1 says the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. Although Jesus is above everything in creation and everything in heaven, he became seeable. He became knowable. He became touchable. He became the image of God so that we could see Him. Why? So that we didn't have a moment like I had last night with my in-laws saying, yeah, it's much grander than that because you've never seen it. Through Jesus, every person on the planet can get an understanding and a revelation of the Father heart of God. Jesus is the revelation of God. God didn't give up in hu- on humanity when we were dysfunctional and broken. Anyone thank God for that? That he didn't give up. How easy would it have been just to start again? How easy would it have been just to give up and walk away? But he turned up and he leaned in by walking among us. He lived with us. You, you ever read your Bible and put yourself in the story? I want to encourage you to read your Bible, not as some historical account, but as an actual story of what happened and put yourself in the story. Imagine getting a glimpse of Jesus walking down the street. Imagine getting a glimpse. Imagine being in the crowd of 5,000 where he was talking and he was preaching and he went on forever and ever and ever, but it was so good that no one left to get food and the disciples said, hey, everyone's getting hungry. You should, you should get, some, get them some food. And they came with 12 loaves and four fish or Four loaves and 12 fish or eight fish and 12, I don't know. He came with a little bit of loaves and a little bit of fish. And Jesus said, well, you feed them. Can you imagine being in the crowd at that moment? Watching the disciples, like what on earth is going to happen? Imagine being there when he knelt down and he made mud and he wiped it on the blind man's eyes. Imagine when he walked into town and imagine the friends of some of the crippled people or they've only ever known this person as crippled and dysfunctional and Jesus comes in and heals them. Can you imagine that moment? Imagine seeing him on the cross. Imagine what it was like to see him carrying that cross down the Via Della Rosa. And Colossians says that somehow it pleased God to have the fullness of himself living within a human frame. That it pleased God to see his son beaten and torn apart to create a pathway from our beaten lives and our torn apart lives back into wholeness and fullness through what Jesus did on the cross. And we we may not have seen the crucifixion, but we got the Bible. And the Bible says that in the beginning was the word, Jesus 
and the Word became flesh. You know, the more we get to know this Bible, the more we get to know Jesus, the more we get a revelation of who the Father is. So we may not have seen the cross with our own eyes, but the Bible helps us to understand the greatest act of love that humanity has ever seen, and that's a Savior giving His life. Maybe it helps us to put ourselves in the place where Abraham found himself in a tent questioning the promises of God and God leads him out and says, look at the night sky. Maybe the Bible helps us get an understanding of what Noah went through when he obeyed God and built an ark and for weeks and weeks and weeks he was floating around and he sent out doves and he sent out ravens just hoping to find dry land. Maybe we can picture ourselves in the temple with Solomon after he built that place of worship or in the prison cell with God. And the Bible is all about the word becoming flesh. And friend, in a year of more, can I suggest that there is more of him to be known. There is more of his character, more of his love, more of his plan, more of his purposes, that more is not just about external things, but more is about an internal relationship with a God who loves and a God who is for us. And I've got good news. God still speaks today. God's still revealing today. He, In fact, Jesus said this before he left in John 16. I still have many things to tell you. But you cannot handle them now. But when the friend, the Holy Spirit of truth comes, he will take you by the hand and guide you into all the truth there is. You know what? I believe when Jesus was giving this promise, he wasn't just talking to the first century Jews that were in his presence at that moment, but he was looking down the tunnels of time looking at you and looking at me in our 21st century world with everything that we're faced with, young people trying to crack into a housing market, whether you're believing for a lifelong partner, whether you're establishing a business, whatever your marriage is facing, that Jesus was looking down (coughs) the tunnels of time. And I want you to hear the promise that the Holy Spirit will take you by the hand and guide you into all the truth there is. In a year of more, is there more truth for us to be guided into? Is there more leading of the Holy Spirit to lead us into? He won't draw attention to himself, but will make sense of what is about to happen. Indeed, out of all that I have done and I have said, he will honor me. He will take from me and deliver it to you. Everything the Father has is also mine. That is why I've said that he takes from me and delivers it to you. Friend, I've got good news. In a year of more, everything you need is found in the person of the Holy Spirit. Every decision that you make, the Holy Spirit wants a voice into. Every opportunity that you assess, the Holy Spirit wants to make a vo- have a voice into. Every challenge that you walk through, He wants to lead you through it. Every, every, every decision that you make, He wants to speak into it. And the Bible says, what a beautiful word picture, that He wants to take you and I by the hand and lead us into all truth. Because Jesus said, everything that is of the Father's is mine. And the Holy Spirit has access to everything that I have. You know, when I was in school growing up, I had a young, I had a friend and this friend of mine, his dad owned the local fruit shop. And uh, he gave us jobs uh, during summer and we'd earn 10 bucks an hour. You know how much 10 bucks an hour was back then? I thought I was going to be able to buy a house at the end of summer by the time I'd worked three weeks. 
And uh, we, we, but what we love to do is we love to be the one that walked home with this guy because you had to walk by the fruit shop. And when you walk into the fruit shop with the son of the fruit shop owner, everything in the fruit shop is fair game. You'd walk straight past the apples, straight past the bananas to the candy counter at the front reception and take whatever you wanted because all that the fathers, the son had access to. Can you imagine how underutilized the Holy Spirit feels when all that the father is, he's given to the son and all that the son is, he's given to the Holy Spirit and all we need to do is say, Holy Spirit, would you take me by the hand? Would you lead me and would you guide me into all the Father has for me? I wonder if a year of more is not just about external things, but really it's about internal things. It's about more hearing of the Holy Spirit, more promptings from the Holy Spirit, more Holy Spirit, would you have your way and lead me into all the Father has for me? A couple of questions, a couple of statements for us in a year of more. Number one. I believe there is more to hear. There's more to hear. I worked for a guy for 10 years and he made this statement all the time. He said, God is always speaking because a father loves to communicate with his kids. God is always speaking. The question is this, if God stopped speaking, how long would it take me to notice? I don't know about you, but if you had the opportunity to have kids, then you know when your two-year-old is silent. Because this fear of panic, this panic goes through, what are they into? What are they drawing on? What are they destroying? What is going on? Judah's six years old, we still have it. Because the kid talks nonstop. He could talk underwater with a mouthful of marbles all day long. Like, and I love it most of the time. But when he stops talking, we notice really quickly. You know why? Because I'm listening to his talking all the time so that when he stops talking, there's a difference between what I'm listening to and what I'm hearing. I want that to be my relationship with God, that I'm listening all the time. So that if he stops talking, which he won't, then I notice straight away. Because when he stops talking, it's not that he's stopped talking. It means that I've stopped listening and I'm out of earshot of what's going on. There is more to hear. In a year of more, he's got more to say about your marriage, about your future, about your dreams, about your challenge. He's got more to say about the plans that he has in your life. God is not done with the planet. We just did a one purpose series that talks about the fact that we are here to let people know that there is a God who loves them and that there is a God who is for them. That God wants to speak to your unsafe friend. That God wants to speak to your unsafe family member. That there is more to hear. When God created the world, he spoke it into being. You ever notice that? When God created the world, he didn't get out a a hammer and a toolbox. He spoke it. Because the Bible says that there is life and death in the power of the tongue. Thank God he uses his tongue for life, to speak life. Here's a thought for you. Nothing became something in the response to God's word. Nothing became something in the response to God's word. What is it in your world? What is it in your life 
that is formless and without void at the moment? What is it in your world and what it is in your life that is, is a bit nothing and is waiting for the voice of God to speak into it? Listen to Isaiah 58 says this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares God. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so it yields seed for the sower and bread to the eater, so my word goes out from my mouth. It will not return empty. It will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which it sent. I love that, that the Bible says that just as rain and snow hits the ground and germinates life, the word of God can go out and hit a rocky place and germinate life, that it won't return void. Now, Robert Spina was here two weeks ago and preached a message called The Miracle Moment. His first point in that message was, are we putting a time frame on God's promise? And I got a sense that there are people in church, and you're in June, and you started the year believing God for more, believing God for increase, believing God for bigger, and you may have even got a word or a promise from God, but we're in June, and you're starting to wane and starting to think, God, when is it going to happen? You haven't noticed that God's clock is broken? Come on, he's got a horrible clock. It's terrible. Like, I wish that God would send a time and date with the promise that he gives. I promise that this will happen and it will happen by then. He never does that. Terrible. But I reckon there's some people in here and you've given up on the promise that God has never given up on. The Bible says that his word will never return to him void. There is more to hear. God still speaks today. All scripture is God breathed and just as God formed Adam and breathed life into him, every time we open the word of God it can breathe life into us. You know, uh, about 12 or 18 months ago I was I feel like a professional wedding guy recently. About 12 or 18 months ago I was doing a wedding and I turned up to do the wedding and I met the father who uh, is paying all the bills. Man, I've got two of those. Who's paying all the bills. And he says to me, hey, just to let you know, I don't want an overly religious wedding um, because I don't believe in all that stuff. Let's just get him married, basically is what he said. I'd written a message that I believe God had given me for the wedding. And the third point in that message was all about building intentionally on a right foundation out of the story that Jesus told where two people build a house one builds on sand and one builds on rock and the facade the story if you look at the original story it actually gives a hint that the houses on the outside were both identical but it was the foundation that made the difference and I was encouraging the couple that it doesn't matter what the outside looks like ultimately it's as long as you're building on the right foundation because it's the foundation that determines whether you can weather the storms of life or not and I was talking about how Jesus wants to walk with so I thought man do I kind of cut that out because of what he said and I felt like the Holy Spirit say no I gave it to you knowing that he'd be here so go for it 
So I spoke it at that wedding. I promise you, Amanda was there. After the wedding, at the reception, the same guy came up to me and said, hey, I think I felt something in that service. I've never felt anything like that before. Why? Because God is always speaking and he wants to use you and I to help others in their journey and a relationship with God. What is it that God wants to use that's already in your hand that maybe we've got so familiar with it that we don't even listen to God anymore? Maybe we're so familiar with the fact that we can encourage people that we don't even listen for promptings of the Holy Spirit to do that. Maybe we can offer to mow someone's lawn for 12 months. You never know what God will do if we would just listen to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit wants to speak to us question are we creating enough room to be spoken to are we creating enough space to hear what the holy spirit wants to say because i've noticed this that we can fill our world with a lot of noise and drown out the voice that we hear that we desire to hear the most we can fill our calendar in a year of more there is more to hear if we would listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying. Number two, is this okay? Because you're looking at me scarily. Anyway, number two, there is more to be seen. The Creator spoke and creation responded. The Father spoke to Jesus and Jesus obeyed. What would the world see? If we heard and obeyed to make God visible. You know, at Life Conference this year, one of the favorite moments I had was on Wednesday morning when we asked every senior pastor in the conference to stand up and we gave them a gift. That gift was Pastor Paul's new book and in that book was an envelope with $100. And in that envelope with the $100 was very clear instructions. The instructions were this. This is not for you to go and put into the offering. This is not for you to go and pay the church electricity bill. This money is for you to take your spouse out and connect with them over a meal. A week later, I should have printed it out. A week later, I got an email from a pastor saying, Dear Pastor Scott, Pastor Paul and the team, it's been three months since my wife and I got any time together because we've just had twins and the church is going through a crazy time. I didn't realize how disconnected we were. In that moment, I made a commitment to continue to put my marriage first above everything else. What he doesn't know is the reason we were able to give every senior pastor $100 is because about four months ago, I got a call from a business guy who lives in a different country He said, I just feel prompted to give you $8,000 as a church for you to use to bless the church and the body of Christ in New Zealand, however you see fit. We took that $8,000 and gave every senior pastor $100 to take their spouse out for dinner. And this guy in a small town in New Zealand connected with his wife for the first time in three months because a guy in America had a prompting from the Holy Spirit and obeyed God. And that guy in America will never get the stories of the 147 senior pastors who we were able to give $100 bills to to take their wives out for dinner. He'll never hear those stories. But what did he unlock? Why? Because there's more to be heard and there's more to be seen. And in your world, there's more 
more to be heard and there's more to be seen. What would your world look like if this week we said, God, I'm not just giving you an hour and five minutes on a Sunday morning, but every day of every week, Holy Spirit, would you speak and would you lead and would you guide? Would you have the reins of my life to do what you can only do? How many lives would be changed if we got heaven's perspective on our life for this week? Church, in a year of more, there's more to be heard and there's more to be seen. God wants to speak to you louder than you've ever heard Him before. God wants to lead you stronger than you've ever been led before. But we have to make a decision. Say, God, here I am. And here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna take a couple of moments and we're gonna worship God. And I'd love for every one of us to kind of clear our minds as best we can and say, Holy Spirit, I wanna hear from you. Would you lead me? Would you guide me? Would you prompt me? Because John says this, I'm going to read it again. I still have many things to tell you, but you can't handle them right now. But when the friend comes, the spirit of truth, he will take you by the hand and guide you into all the truth there is. He will honor me. He will take from me and deliver it to you. Everything the Father has is also mine. That is why I've said He takes from me and He delivers it to you. There's more to be seen and there's more to be heard. Would you stand to your feet for a moment? Would you close your eyes for just a moment? If you're comfortable, feel free to lift your hands, do whatever you wanna do. But Father, today, we're taking this moment to make a decision to hear from You. Holy Spirit, would You take from what is the Father's through Jesus and reveal it to us that we would do what You ask us to do, that we would not try and do something and conjure something up, but we would just obey whatever You lead us to do, whatever You lead us to speak, whoever You lead us to reach out to, that we would do that and see Your kingdom come. And your will be done. In Jesus' name. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Life. If you have questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifenz.org.